Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? And thank you for listening to Season 5 of the Incline Dodgers podcast as we kick off the 2023 season for your Los Angeles Dodgers with a full deep dive and preview, predictions, bold takes, hot takes, you name it. We're going to go down the line, get you guys ready for this exciting 2023 season of Dodgers baseball. Your Los Angeles Dodgers open the season with four games at Dodger Stadium taking on the divisional foe, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So Zach Allen will take the mound for Arizona. Julio Urias will take the mound for the Dodgers. After those four games, the Dodgers will host the Rockies for two. Then they have an off day on Wednesday. Let's get into this right now. So we're going to start with the position players for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Jake Reiner, David Rosenthal. Which uh, which one of you want to predict what the Dodgers are going to roll out on opening day as their starting nine? I mean, I'm sticking well, with what I said month a month ago. I, I'm, I'm going with the same exact lineup I said a month ago. So Smith, uh, Freeman at first, Vargas at second, Rojas at short, Muncie at third, uh, Mookie in right, Outman in center, and uh, Peralta in left. And J.D. Martinez at DH. Batting order-wise, yeah. I think Mookie, Freeman, Smith third, Muncie cleanup, Martinez fifth. Peralta batting sixth, Rojas seventh, James Outman eighth, and Miguel Vargas hitting ninth. Any differences? I I have uh, uh Rojas ninth and yeah. Wait, did you have did you have Vargas seventh? Or you had you had Rojas seventh? Yeah. Yeah, I just flipped Vargas and Rojas. Me too. Why would they do that? I just think having a, a a really good veteran hitter batting ninth to flip the lineup over is is kind of what I would like to see. And you know, Vargas putting him seventh kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Same with Altman at eighth. I don't think that's true at all. I think batting ninth is where the least amount of pressure is. I mean, well, I, I, when look, you have Vargas has said his position is four at bats a game, so I, I'm putting his ass higher in the lineup. Whatever offense you get at a Rojas is a bonus. So I think you put him in the bottom eight or nine spot and and you roll with that. He's shown he can get on base in spring training. He's shown he can drive in runs. So I think he'll be able to handle the nine spot. And I think it's actually a really good fit for him. Yeah, I think after after seeing what Gavin Lux did in the nine hole last year, it actually is kind of an important spot in the lineup and you want to have someone decent there. And I just like having that veteran presence. Um, batting ninth to be able to turn the lineup over. Like you said, get on base for Betts and Freeman. Yeah. I mean, that's a solid argument. Could also argue that Miguel Vargas is a high on base guy, so they might want him batting ninth, but I want him having more at bats, get him as high as you can. I think that, uh, versus a left-handed pitcher, you're going to see exactly what we saw tonight against the angels, uh, which is Betts, Freeman, Smith, Martinez, fourth Muncie, Chris Taylor, uh, Trace Thompson, Vargas, and Rojas. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say for against a left-handed pitcher. 
it does look like that they have been batting Rojas ninth in a lot of the last few games. So I guess you guys might be right. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like I said, I think it just makes sense. Having a veteran down there, it is an important spot, uh, and you get your young guys a little bit more at-bats. I will say, though, that I have been impressed, at least lately, with Chris Taylor. It seems like he's making hard contact once again, uh, two home runs in the last three games. So I like what I'm seeing out of him, but I just feel like he's got to kind of play his way more into this lineup. But right now, I see him more of a as a platoon guy. Yeah, I, I think the other guy that's going to be a platoon guy is James Outman. He didn't look like he had a lot of success against lefties, but it sounds like he's getting the, quote, lion's share against right-handed pitching, which is why I believe we're all on board that he's going to be starting opening day against Zach Allen. If I had to yeah. throw it out there right now, I think James Outman's going to have at least 25 home runs this season. I think Miguel, yeah, I'm going that high. Yeah. Because I I actually had that in one of my bold predictions, so I'm I'm kind of thinking the same thing you are. If he's going to get enough at bats, I think he'll he'll run into a few. Okay, I hope you're right. Some of the Me other too. guys that I'm just throwing out predictions right now. I think Mookie Betts will have another 30 home run season. I think Freddie Freeman's going to win the NL batting crown. He was robbed basically of all those bullshit shifts last season. I think he makes up for it. I think he'll have the best batting average this season. I expect J.D. Martinez to be another 25-plus home run guy for the Dodgers. Probably hit 30 doubles. So just throwing those out there. I think Will Smith, he could be the best hitting catcher this season. Maybe Mm -hmm. he finally makes an all-star team. And I expect solid production from Miguel Vargas. I don't know if he's going to surpass 20 home runs. I'm not entirely sure if he's a power hitter yet. But I think his on base will be in the 340s, 350s. So I think he will get on base on a, a higher clip. One thing that I would like to add on to the Mookie Betts thing, I think I think he will put up MVP numbers this year. I feel like last season was a good year for him, but it fe- felt like there were so many peaks and valleys. It was like one month was great and the next month wasn't. So I feel like he's going to put a lot, you put together more uh, consistent months this season. But, and one of the things I was going to bring up, but then I looked up the stats and it actually contradicted what I actually, what I thought or what I remember from last season with him. I was going to make the argument that we need to see more, you know, coming through with runners on base, but he actually hit like 274 with runners in scoring position last year. So that, that our, our argument kind of falls by the wayside, but I think the emphasis is I want to see him do more with, with runners on base. We see what he can do um, in the leadoff spot, getting on base. We see a lot of solo home runs from him. I want to see two, three run shots from him. I want to see doubles with, with runners on base like that. I want to see more of that more consistency when it comes to that. Yeah. He needs to hit closer to 300 given how much they're paying him with runners on base. Like 270 is like average above average, but that's not superstar numbers with, runners on no someone's no. gonna have to pick up the slack from from trey turner being gone and and his name is mookie best so he's gonna yes he had a solid a way above average year compared to the rest of the league but you're paying him to be a superstar you're paying him to be a top five player in baseball and he's gonna have to elevate his his offensive game for sure from what it was last year and another thing where did his speed go like i know we've seen it decline the past year year and a half to some degree but I would love to see that return in some capacity. 
I mean, you got you got bigger bases this year, so I want to see him stealing bases as well. Who yeah, do you think leads I the Dodgers too. in home runs this season? I think it's going to be Max Muncy. I I predict I predict a 35 home run season from him. But the bold prediction that I have for him, other than that, is that he's going to bat 250. I think he's got the opportunity to do that I with the shift now. Well, he batted well under 200 last season. Well, yeah, that's so an anomaly. He typically, you know, it doesn't have a great batting average, and and a lot of that had to do with the fact that he grounded out a lot into the shift. Um, he also strikes out a lot, but I think that he's he's going to bat over over 250, which is going to greatly improve this lineup uh, by a lot. Yeah, I agree. Same answer for me. I think Max Muncy's going to set a career high in home runs, and I think he's going to hit 37 this year. Yeah, I mean, Max Muncy, there's your guy who's going to pick up the slack with the lost production from Trey Turner yeah. because Max Muncy was a non-factor the first half of last season. Got his stride in the second half, carried over into playoffs. Now he's fully healthy. He looked good this spring, connected on a few home runs. I think 250 is a reasonable, reasonable batting average prediction. And yeah, 35 home runs. 37 whatever sounds reasonable to me so perfect cleanup hitter and big things for max muncie coming in the year 2023 i don't think it's bold for anyone to say that they should expect big production out of max muncie i think this is to be expected agreed you know i'm I'm just looking at his uh year-to-year stats and in 29 well let's start in 2018 he hit 263 and then in 2019 he hit 251 and then it dropped off. He went 192 in 2020, then back up to 249 and back down to 196 last year. So according to that trend, he will hit 250 and hopefully above that this year. Let's take a look at the Dodgers bench now. Chris Taylor probably highlights the bench as the 2021 All-Star highest paid player, no doubt, on this Dodgers bench. He will be the utility guy, of course, playing all over the field. Some shortstop, probably mostly in the outfield. Austin Barnes is a given, one of the best backup catchers. Honestly, I think he's a top 15 catcher in the league. Then you got two outfielders with Jason Hayward and Trace Thompson. Any analysis on this Dodgers bench? I mean, I think it's pretty well-rounded. Obviously, there's no infielder there. Um, Chris Taylor is pretty much the only really backup infielder, if you will. You're going to see Mookie Betts play second base as well. Uh, Muncie can play first, stuff like that. But yeah, Chris Taylor's going to be busy. Uh, I think he's going to basically get a lion's share of at-bats along with the normal starters because he's going to be plugged in there for pretty much everybody's day off. So I think the bench is you know, a little thin. I think there's a couple question marks. Jason Hayward, I don't know what we're doing there. I guess we'll find out. Trace Thompson, not sure if he can replicate what he did last year. But all in all, I I think they're in a decent spot. Uh, But the the guys you want playing are the guys who are going to be in the starting lineup anyway. So now there's a DH, so you don't have to worry about the bench too much. I think where you've got question marks, but for Vargas and and Outman, I think those are more optimistic question marks in the sense that they – provide that promise and you kind of have that excitement uh, toward them. But you look at guys like Hayward, Peralta, Chris Taylor, um, 
those guys coming off the bench, Peralta kind of platooning, those are the guys that you have a bunch of question marks or Trace Thompson too into that mix. Those are a bunch of question marks where you don't really know what, what you're going to get from them. And you hope yeah. that one or two of those guys becomes a guy, but there's so much unknown about those players coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this bench ain't it. It's not going to even be the same bench by, I'm going to say by middle June. One, if not two of these guys won't be on the Dodgers bench. They'll either be cut on the IL, traded, not entirely sure. I just have a feeling one of Jason Hayward or Trace Thompson is not going to pan out. Neither of them had great springs. Like Hayward started off with two home runs and then didn't do really anything after that. I know that the Dodgers want to incorporate him into this mix somehow, but it sounded like at one point they were going to give him the center field job. And obviously James Altman just outshined him. So they couldn't do that. I don't really know where Hayward's going to really fit because how do you really start him against right-handed pitching uh, unless you're giving, I don't know, Mookie a day off because Peralta's already in a platoon. He's going to not, he's going to be plenty rested as is. So honestly, it's looking like whether it's Mookie gets a day off, I guess that's really, or Vargas, one of those yeah, two. Yeah, be Vargas and put Mookie at second, really. That's, that's, I mean, it also it. depends on how. I mean, it also depends on how David Peralta performs, you know, like it's he's not, you know, he's kind of on the fringe too. more. He's more on the team than Jason Hayward is. But um, I, I would say that if those if that if he starts to kind of falter and not not perform well, you could see Hayward spell him. But I agree with you guys. I don't see where he where he gets his at bats because you're you know, what are you going to do? Bring him in. And, you could bring him in in a pinch hit role, you know, maybe. Um, but who's he going to pinch hit for? Yeah. I think it could be pretty early on in the season. If I had to guess, Michael Bush could get called up right away and be a bench player. I imagine they want to get him as many reps and consistent at-bats in Oklahoma City. But he's at the point of his career now where he's too good for the minors and should be a Major League Baseball player. And if they're not going to play him on the Dodgers, then we got to move him, get someone in in a win now situation because Bush had a great spring. He started off kind of slow, but he ended up with, I think, the second highest OPS for the Dodgers in the 900s. Had a couple home runs. He was great last season in Triple. Where do you play him? I think they've groomed him in the past to play some corner outfield. Again, we don't really need outfielders, but at least he has that second base flexibility. So if Vargas needs a day off, or Muncy needs a day off. Maybe you put Vargas at third, Bush at second, make it work somehow. Gonna have to work on the defense. Someone's but gonna get hurt. Someone will get hurt, no doubt about it. This bench was a lot better looking when you had Rojas a part of it and Lux was a starter, but that got thrown out the window right away. Last season's Dodgers bench was the worst bench I'd ever seen in my entire lifetime. So I'm hoping that this bench can't be any worse. I think they'll be all right. I think it can. I think it can yeah, get worse, yeah. but <laughs> I think they'll be fine, honestly. Any I other- just think look, I think I think we have to I think we have to temper expectations for the team as a whole. I think what's going to happen is is that this team is probably not going to start out like a house of fire. You just and said if that you mean you predicted 40, 40 and 10. 10. I'm saying that there's a possibility that they don't. I mean, what? Not, what I'm not I don't have guns. A, I don't have a crystal ball. All I'm saying is that if this team doesn't start out like a house of fire, like I expect them to, hot as Mars, I 
I feel I feel like people are going to panic. And that's that's going to be fun um, when people do that. I mean, the, the fact is, is that it's a really long season and this team will figure it out if they don't have it all together to start. So I just think we got to temper those expectations of it being a slow one oh, because we'll it could happen. You are in two weeks. Yeah. I'm let's, wait, hey, everybody who's listening, the guy who predicted him to go 40 and 10 is telling you to temper your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how, because <laughs> that, I mean, what that's, that's how that's baseball. Anything else you guys wanted to discuss hitters wise? Or you want to save those for later on in the episode? Because we can. I think talk- Smith is going to have a big year. I really do. He's going to have to start more with Martinez plugging up the DH, so that should help Smith boost his stats. Yeah. Starting pitchers now. Julio Arias already announced as your opening day starter. Dustin May pitching in the second game of the season, followed by Clayton Kershaw. That guy has a pretty historic track record with the Dodgers, followed by Noah Syndergaard and Ryan Pepio to round out the Dodgers rotation, at least to start the season. Here's a question to kind of kick things off from Gorilla Golf 1987 on Twitter. What happens if Ryan Pepio is just flat out dealing and then Gonsolin is ready to be back in the rotation? What would the Dodgers do? I mean, if Pepio is flat out dealing, they're not taking him out of the rotation. Uh, if he's producing, he's staying. And worst case scenario, if Syndergaard is also pitching well, they go to a six-man rotation. They've done it before, and you can't really go wrong with that. But you're not taking a guy who's pitching his ass off out of the rotation under any circumstances. Yeah, I'm surprised with the way that they kind of manage the starting pitchers now where it's like third time through the order, they take him out, the pitch count is a thing. Why six-man rotations aren't more common? Like, I feel like that would make a lot more sense, especially for oh, I can tell a guy you like Jake. How many teams have five good starting pitchers? Yeah. Now you want to go six? Yeah. The Dodgers always have good starting pitching. I'm talking about the teams that do. Well, they can the Dodgers build. always have injuries. I'm sure they would love to. Maybe this is the season, but let's be real. Well, obviously, 2021 was 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 a was a crazy year for for the Dodgers because they did like all bullpen games every fifth day. Um, but if you have the luxury of doing it, I'm surprised more teams that have that luxury don't do it. Well, also let's pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, if you're going off of the last two spring training outings from Pepio and Syndergaard, the Dodgers rotation is like that half drawn horse meme where the, the first half is beautifully drawn and the back half looks like a kindergartner drew it. That's kind of what the Dodgers rotation looks like going off the last two spring training outings. So I don't know if they're, if, if Pepio's pitching his ass off. This is a good problem to have. So they'll figure it out, you know, when they figure it out. But hopefully that happens. Yeah, I agree with David. Pepeo did not look good tonight. Yeah, this this game doesn't mean shit. This is just a guy going out there to get work. No one wants to get hurt on the last day of spring training. But I agree with David's initial take being they probably will go to a six-man rotation. They'd send Andre Jackson back down to the minors and just roll with six starters. Gonson's got to be ready, though. Who knows what he's going to even look like when he's considered healthy. Got to build him up. There is another guy, though, that could be a part of this Dodgers rotation, so I don't want to steal anyone's thunder if they are ready to throw something out right now. Go for it. It's time. 
okay the listeners need to know what, what you're thinking i mean are you gonna introduce him or am i gonna introduce him we all know who we're talking about all right i'll i was giving you the i was i didn't want to steal your thunder in case you had something no, bold. please there's gonna be a point in this season where they call up gavin stone and he's gonna be a part of the dodgers rotation for the rest of the season this will be very similar to what happened with walker bueller in 2018 when he was introduced to the Dodgers rotation in late April, April 23rd to be exact. I don't know how early we can expect Gavin Stone to be called up because the little twist is he's not on the Dodgers 40-man rotation and they might be inclined to give at least one or two starts to Michael Grove before they inevitably ship him off to Toronto. But Gavin Stone, whether it's May, April, June, he's going to get called up. He's going to be lights out and in my opinion, I'll put him after Julio Urias and Kershaw just because they have the track record. Gavin Stone might be the next best pitcher on this Dodgers staff. I think his stuff plays well. He's got very similar pitch makeup and mix to this guy named Zach Greinke. You might have heard of him. Also reminds me of Walker Bueller with his composure on the mound. Got to see him firsthand in spring training and doing some workouts. The pitcher that flat out impressed me the most. Gavin Stone calling it now. He will be probably a part of the Dodgers postseason rotation. Yeah, I mean, this is this is anyone with eyes can see that this is coming. It's just a matter of how the Dodgers want to handle it. It's just a matter of how much rope they're going to give uh, Pepio and Syndergaard. I mean, Syndergaard does not look particularly good. Uh, Pepio has looked better than Syndergaard as a whole in spring training. So I think they'll have a lot of leash with the veteran Syndergaard for sure. Um, but I mean, if you ask me, knowing the Dodgers, I think it should possibly be end of April, early May. But knowing the Dodgers, I think June is is a realistic timeline. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard went from he he totally just contradicted himself going from initially signing with the Dodgers. Yeah, I think I can throw a hundred to now. It's just I want to get outs after being yeah. questioned about his ninety three mile per hour average on his fastball velocity. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean that he's not going to have a good season. I'm a little now more perplexed with what we're going to get out of Syndergaard. I was kind of higher on him entering the season uh, before spring training, but now here we are a few days in. I don't know what pitcher we're going to get, but I'm not going to make the same mistake that I did with Tyler Anderson last year where I ruled him out immediately. I'm going to let this one ride out at least for a few starts. Let's take a quick break right here to talk about Tick Pick. The best ticketing website out there sponsoring this podcast, the Incline Dodgers. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet to opening day and you're wondering where you should go, well, I highly recommend downloading the app, TickPick. Search Dodgers. You're going to find tons of great competitive prices out there. And guess what? That's the price you're going to pay at checkout because they don't have service fees. So you see that price? That's what you're paying. If you're not a Dodgers fan and maybe you're a listener checking us out and your favorite team is wherever you live and you want to go see them, same thing. You can look them up. TickPick offers great deals for all Major League Baseball teams. And they're not just limited to Major League Baseball. They've got other sporting events with NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs right around the corner. You can go see your favorite team in action too as they're climbing the standings, trying to get a good spot or find their ways for the championship. It'll be interesting. I don't know who's on the market, although there is one guy. I'll save him for later though. Actually, got to get to this question coming from a guy that just always, always asking us good questions coming over on Twitter from Castillo Jason. How does this Dodgers starting pitching staff 
compared to the rest of the NL West competitors. Then he wants us to compare the staff to the National League overall and then the American League. So please put it into context. He means staff as a whole, like starting pitching and bullpen, not just the rotation, right? Just, st- just starting pitching. Oh, just starting pitching. It's a good question. So we can start with the NL I West. Mean, I would say number one. Yeah. I mean, you, mm. you could make an argument for San Diego. They do have they do have some some solid starting pitching. And yeah. they have start and they have starting pitching that that typically owns us in Snell, who is not good against anyone else but the Dodgers. So I think you I think, you know, they they match up well. I would I would give the edge to the Dodgers slightly, but I feel like the Padres are right there. And then it, and then I would I would put the Diamondbacks third oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, before the before the Giants. Yeah. I think that I think the Diamondbacks have a pretty decent rotation uh, with Gallon at the top, but the Giants and the Rockies are who, just who not good. Who else do they have though in Arizona? Merrill Kelly. I mean, Captain America. Yeah, Mer- <laughs> Merrill Kelly. He's overrated. I, I think he game. plays way better over a full season than in one game. Like you look at his full season stats, he's a legit, you know, number two. And they got Zach Davies and and of course Bumgarner, but. Yeah, so for me, I'm going Padres and Dodgers are kind of tied right now. I think they're in a pretty exactly similar situation where their first three guys are pretty established and talented, and then the last two are kind of big question marks. Uh, I will give the edge to the Dodgers because of who they have waiting in the wings. Uh, And in terms of the whole National League and, and, and Major League Baseball as a whole, I'd say the Dodgers have a top 10 rotation. That's not bold. Yeah, I'd be comfortable with that. I'm not saying it's bold. I'm just saying I, I think I put them in the back half of the top 10. He's saying realistically they're in the top 10. I yeah. agree with that. I think realistically they're in the, they're in the top five, and I'm willing I to take that so. to the bank. But in the National League, I think the only rotation that might be better than us, Atlanta, because Spencer yes. Strider is legit. After that, though, I don't think the Mets are better. I actually have a lot of question marks with their durability. Milwaukee? Nah. After Burns and Woodruff, way too Peralta many. Peralta is a dog. He's always hurt. Well, I don't, I don't trust him. I mean, we've got a couple guys who are always hurt too. So I'm taking the, do- I'm taking the Dodgers over Milwaukee. Dodger killer Eric What about, what about the Yan- what about What about, yeah. What and about then, the Yankees? Oh, well, the Yankees they're... are pretenders again. Half They're their, all hurt. All three their, of them are hurt already. Yeah. In the American Rodon League. is hurt. Uh, Severino is hurt. And one of the other ones is hurt. I forget who. When is Severino not hurt? That guy's always on the shelf. You said Mont- yeah. Montes. Is that who you're Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the other one. American is Nestor? Nestor is healthy. I saw him in the game the other day. And Cole. Yeah. Yeah. But the AL, who could be better? Tampa Bay is is sneaky good. I I can if see Glass that. Glasnow's healthy. I can see Rasmussen's that. good. But that here's a wild one. What about what about like in Don't terms of sneakiness? Also, Mackenzie's oh, already yeah. out for two months, so not happening. Who's so, out for two months? Mackenzie. Is he really? Yeah, he had like a lat strain in his last outing. Hence, That's why I said this... no one wants to get hurt in their last spring training outing. Still though, they you got know, Bieber. I know you. Quattro, I know you guys Blisak. are. I know you guys are going to roll your eyes at me, but 
what what could be a sneaky rotation is if it the they twins? If, no if they okay. <laughs> God, if you no, would have no, said no. the twins i would have just ended this podcast i can't even name three starters on the twins yeah exactly. um how are i was you, i was gonna say how what how can you not name three what? starters I was, on the twins? I was joking can i make my freaking yes, point please go go speak okay i was gonna say the angels you've got yeah. you've got shohei shohei otani patrick sandoval those two guys are those two guys are pretty good. Then you got Tyler Anderson, who had a great season last year. Um, Reed Detmers, eh. But you know, those the top three is is not bad. Okay. Can I make two teams that are in the obvious top five in baseball right now? Seattle Mariners, without a doubt. Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, who is awesome, Marco Gonzalez, and George Kirby, who's also awesome. And uh who is uh who was the second one I was just going to say? Oh, Toronto. Toronto. Especially if they get Hunjin Ryu, uh, Ryu back. Gosman, Manoa, Bassett. That's an elite three. Jose Barrios is elite if he gets back to being elite. And then you got uh, Kikuchi slash Ryu uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the five spot. So those two teams are, in my opinion, the two best, if McKenzie's hurt, in the American League. But and you're taking team, that over the really... Dodgers? Yes, especially Toronto and, and Seattle for oh, sure. Oh, God. I am. Toronto is one of the hottest messes, but we'll get to that later. Don't forget the also, warning if, to the West in 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 Arlington. Yeah. Also, this is also a, a lot of ifs and maybes. But if but if Lucas Giolito comes back and has a stellar season, then you've got Giolito, Cease, Lance Lynn. Yeah, that's not bad either. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Dustin May over all those guys except for Cease. Don't forget uh, Kopech also. Yeah, I think Dustin May is better than everyone on the Blue Jays. I'm going to call that shot right now. I think he is as well. I think but... he's better than everyone on Seattle, minus Castillo. I think well, we're talking about entire rotation, not I just know, one but, guy. But it's Urias, Kershaw, and I think Dustin May is about to emerge into that next big starter. We didn't really. I've been act- saying it for two years. This is the year, and this is why the Dodgers will remain a top five rotation. With those big three, and then I'm sure Pepio or Syndergaard's going to be just fine. So there's your fourth, and then Stone. We'll, we'll say he gets called up at some point, but even then, I think the five that we are kicking off the season with, as long as they're healthy, I'm taking that over just about any other team in baseball. Phillies are pretty top heavy. Eh. Yeah, they're good. But... I, I think Braves Braves are legit though. I mean, they got a couple prospects who are going to be basically like Spencer Strider as well. Jared Schuster and D- and Dylan Dodd, if they call him up. So they're a, they're a monster. Yeah. Also, Mike Soroka back in spring training. Yeah. That's, that's a team that terrifies me. Let's mm-hmm. move to the Dodgers bullpen. The lefties will be Alex Vessia, Caleb Ferguson. Some of the long multi-inning guys will be Shelby Miller and Andre Jackson. Then you got Phil Bickford, who's just kind of there. And then some of your high leverage arms will feature Yancy Almonte, Bruce Targraderall, and Evan Phillips. And then waiting in the wings once he's activated off the injured list will be Daniel Hudson in late April, early May. Jimmy Nelson, who's supposed to be on the IL yet pitched in this most recent game. Not sure how that's legal. Maybe he'll come back, but he's a huge question mark. And then some of the guys that you'll probably will see up see get called up along the on along the way. Wander Suero, who actually, after we talked about him, saw that Dave Roberts was really impressed with him. 
and expect to see him get called up. And then Tyler Sear, who started to look better towards the end of spring training, a guy that just needs a little bit more time in the prior slash Dodgers pitching development lab. Mm-hmm. So actually, if we're to talk about top tens, I actually think the Dodgers bullpen as a whole is weaker than the Dodgers starting staff. It's not as I'm not as confident with it right now, at least entering the season like I would have been a year or two ago. That's an interesting take. I mean, I can see why you say it. Um, it definitely hinges on the health of the top guys for sure. Um, but I'm pr- I'm pretty damn confident in this Dodgers bullpen. I mean, with Phillips, Vesia, and Gratterall in the back end, that's pretty elite, if you ask me. I don't think. I mean, I I think that it it can be a top ten bullpen. You could argue it could be a top five bullpen. I mean, oh, yeah. if you look at it, if you look at it collectively versus all the other teams in the National League and the American League. I mean, they're bringing back most of the guys that they had last season, and the majority of those guys were absolutely fire, like Vesia and Phillips and Almonte and uh, Bruce Star Gratterall. I mean, Phil, uh, Phil Bickford, I'd like to see a little bit more out of. He kind of dropped off last season, whereas in 21, when he came to the Dodgers from the Brewers, it was sort of like lightning in the bottle, and he kind of became – Dave Roberts, like rubber arm out of the pen. And then he kind of just became the mop up guy in 2022 when he kept serving up just, you know, middle, middle stuff to guys and was getting knocked around. So I'd like to see him step up. Also, uh, Caleb Ferguson, I'd like to see him complete a full season and be healthy. I think he's a real key to this bullpen. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think the, what, why the Dodgers bullpen gets a knock is because they haven't named a closer. Um, but I think that they're going to figure that out and they'll have a closer maybe by the end of the first, first month, it's probably going to be Evan Phillips. I disagree. I think Gratterall is going to be the closer. I don't think they're going to go with Phillips in a, in a permanent cro- closer role. And another thing on, on Bigford, he's pitching for his job because I think they put him on there. Cause he had one, he has no options Two, They're trying to get something out of him. Three, this is basically a tryout for him for the rest of the year, in my opinion. They got plenty of guys they can call up uh, to give him a shot. Uh, but th- I-, I think Bickford is the most on the hot seat out of anybody. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And with the injuries, they they got to see something out of Bickford because they don't want to just DFA him before the season even starts. They want to see if he no. can bounce back. Yeah, Yeti Almonte, though, he's going to probably still have a great season, but he screams huge regression candidate. There's no way he's going to post another one ERA. It's not going to happen. We don't need one. We need two. I hope he gets it. And we need him him healthy, too. He's another guy. Yeah. So as good as this bullpen is, there are a lot of injury-prone players in this pen, including Gratterall, who I'm hesitant to think he could be a closer because he doesn't really strike anybody out. That's I feel like you have to be a strikeout pitcher to be a closer. I think that just comes with the title. And got to miss bats. Got to miss bats for sure. Shelby Miller, I actually am becoming more fond of. He started to look better towards the end of spring training. So maybe he works himself into a high leverage role. For now, I think they'll work him in. And then, yeah, Daniel Hudson's obviously a key component. If he's back to what he looked like last season, huge pull for the bullpen. But Daniel Hudson also had like a five ERA the year before he joined the Dodgers. So regression could be... Relief. What I'm trying to say here is relievers are volatile. One season they're elite, the next season they go into being dust. Corey Canable is fantastic for the Dodgers. Goes to the Phillies, 
turns to dust. Tommy Canely was great for the Yankees. One got hurt, was kind of up and down with the Dodgers. Now we'll see what he looks like in his first year with the Yankees. Chris Martin was legit just all over the place in his final years with Chicago and Atlanta. It comes to the Dodgers electric. So it's one, it's, it's hard to temper expectations. I think of all these guys, Evan Phillips is most likely to be the most stable just because he's looks like it based off what we've seen in spring training. But I still have some question marks. I think there could be a scenario where Caleb Ferguson actually is better than Alex Fessia. Just don't know. Fessia was not that great this spring. Was not that great in the playoffs either, even though that was just one appearance. Anything else with the Dodgers pitching? I think we covered it. All right, then. Last question coming up from Dodge 16 underscore 12. What are everyone's favorite opening day? What or what is everyone's favorite opening day moment? Hmm. Of all time? I mean the I one guess. the one that the one that comes to mind right away is when uh Kershaw um pitched a, I I can't remember if it was a complete game but he hit a home run uh, against yeah. the Giants yeah, um yeah. and that was their it, only one I like run, how you right? said that's your favorite moment but then you see I can't remember well I I mean that was the one that popped in my head I remembered that Kershaw I, had a home run against knew, the Giants I knew pitched a shutout say that that's that's the basic answer that's like the basic bitch answer. All right. Well, let's hear yours. All right. Ken. All right. All right. Asshole. Like, what do you got? I'm going to go with 2020. And the reason being is there was a scary point where we didn't think baseball was actually going to happen in the year 2020. There was months of anticipation. There was that scare that we wouldn't get to see Mookie Betts play for the Dodgers. We knew that this team was stacked coming in. So if they had lost the season, that would have been just a huge blow to everything. That's like Montreal Expo status. Um, but that game really stood out to me. Kike Hernandez went four for five. He had a home run. We actually ambushed Johnny Cueto. Dustin May was a literal late second substitution because Kershaw got scratched with the back injury. And we That's took right. care of the Giants, one eight to one. And that just set the tone for the season. Pablo Sandoval's ass was literally in Chris Taylor's face for a play. Great game. Was the also was, was last year when Either Turner or Bellinger hit one off the wall and they ran past each oh, other. Yeah, two years ago. Okay, I'll go with that. Also, real quick, I believe it was 2019 um, when the Dodgers hit like eight home runs yeah. against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I just I of remember. I think I I was I was at that game. That was a that was a, that was electric. Yeah, I feel like Jock hit a grand slam or something. Yeah, yes, Jock. I, I need Jock yeah. back. All right. So big now. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So that rounds out the preview part of this upcoming Dodgers 2023 season. Let's get a little crazy, folks. So why don't we start with predicting the NOS standings? You don't have to give me win-losses, but if you want to throw out how many games you think the Dodgers win, feel free to put that little cherry on top. So, Jake, you look ready. Why don't I start with you? All right. Do not look ready? <laughs> I look I look readier, I think. Yeah, the, 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 um, face, the face just told me, like, he's ready. So I think the Dodgers are going to win the division and it's going to be tight. I think they'll, you know, win anywhere from 90 to 95 games. Um, and I think that the, that the Padres will be right there. Um, they'll be separated by a few games. I think the Padres are, uh, uh, have established themselves and are a little more legit than I thought they were going into last season. They definitely added some really good pieces. So I think it's going to be a tight race between the Dodgers and Padres. And then third, I'm, I'm predicting the Diamondbacks step up this season, uh, and, and play a little bit, a little bit better baseball, uh, and, and have some promising young guys on their team. So I think they will be third and the giants will be fourth and the Rockies will be last. To win the division, uh, I think they're just offensive firepower is just too much. Uh, they're going to get Ringworm back in about three weeks, and he's going to light the world on fire. Soto, I think, I mean, I'll give you some predictions about awards in a little bit, but Soto's due for a bounce back. You add Bogarts there, they're stacked. Their pitching, we just, we've already talked about, is good. I think the Padres are going to win this division by about four or five games. Dodgers going to finish in second with the first wild card spot. Arizona in third, I mean as well. And I think the Giants and Colorado are significantly back from those three. I think the Giants finish closer to Colorado than they do Arizona. I've got the same one through five Dodgers. I got pinned at 95 wins. And unlike Jake, I just did the math. You said if they start 40 and 10, that means they're going to go 55 and 57 the rest of the way. So they go below 500, which I... Dear God, hope not is not the case. So you have do- the Dodgers winning the division or second? I got the Dodgers winning. This is where it gets weird. I'm predicting they finish in a tie with the Padres. They're going to both win 95 games. I don't know how tiebreakers work anymore at this point. I think it's head-to-head record. I think they got rid of the game 163 because of the expanded wild card. So I guess whoever wins the head-to-head is winning the division. I'm going to leave it at that. Don't have too much. Nice- so you think? So you think? So you think the Dodgers will win the head-to-head? Is what you're saying, or or Hopefully, you're not? You're not declaring that. In order to win the division, which I am going to say the Dodgers do, they will have to beat the Padres head-to-head. If okay. the, so, if we get to a point where they are not ahead head-to-head, 
then I guess the Padres won the division, leaving it leaving it as that. I don't actually have that much nice things about nice things to say about Arizona. I think Corbin Carroll is like the odds-on favorite and locked to win Rookie of the Year, and Kyle Lewis had a tremendous bounce back. He hit like four twelve, I want to say, this spring with three home runs. Great acquisition from the Mariners, and then what is it, Lourdes Gurriel? Nice pickup from Toronto. So I do question the back end of this rotation. This is the first team that the Dodgers are facing this year. Pretty weak bullpen. I don't really even know who's in there besides Joe Mantiply, who was an all-star, and then they got Melanson, who sucks. Merrill Kelly always gets owned by the Dodgers, so I'm not worried about him. Zach Davies is a scrub. But I, I don't think that they're that better than the Giants. I think the Giants are just two games back behind Arizona. It'll be close. The I think the Giants, their strength is actually their rotation. If I were to pick one of the things. Oh, God, who after Logan Webb is a strength in that rotation? They just have a bunch of dudes. Ross, this is why they're a fourth place team, though, because Ross Stripling is their number two starter. Yeah, he pitched really well yesterday. He gave up nine runs. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why they're a fourth-place team. If you're going to let Rodon walk and sign Stripling, you're not going very far. And Sean Mania sucks. Alex Wood is always hurt. I don't trust him. But they got the experience. Their lineup, I mean, who do they have? The like, lineup got better than last year, for sure. I mean, they signed Conforto and Hanniger. Yes, for sure. Conforto and Hanniger is is better than whatever the hell they did last year. I guess I can't argue against that. I don't even remember who was in their lineup last year. Yeah, I don't think they do. It was like Kevin Padlow was starting at like nine positions. Wilmer Flores. I don't think Conforto's good, though, so I'm not scared of them. All right, let's go to the division winners across the league. Uh, I'll start this time. So Dodgers, Anna West. Braves, uh, NL East, Cardinals, NL Central, and then the the wild card teams. I'll have the Padres, the Phillies, and the Cubs. The Mets are missing the playoffs. I think the Mets are missing the playoffs. I think they had a terrible off season. Like, what did they do? Yeah, they signed Justin Verlander. Whoop de doo, dude. Sanga. No way, no way he repeats that. And then they signed Sanga, but again. I got to see what he looks like in the majors before I even declare him anything. Then they signed Quintana, who's hurt. I think their hugest blow, though, is that they let Jacob DeGrom walk. That was literally the heart and soul of this team. Nimmo, always hurt, extremely overrated. Eduardo Escobar can't do shit. I don't, I'm not impressed with their lineup at all. I don't think. No I more Edwin think, Diaz, also. Yep. Diaz is out for the season. I just think what the Cubs did was was interesting, and they have a number of scrappy veterans now, and pretty underrated defense. Probably the best defensive team in Major League Baseball. If the Cubs' goal was to create the most mid-team of all time, they won the Super Bowl in the offseason. Could not be less moved by that team. Marcus Stroman is their ace. Eric Hosmer, Jan Gomes, Edwin Rios, I guess, is starting. Dansby Swanson, I think, is going to regress. Trey Mancini, I mean... Bellinger, no. just no. Love it. Also, Zach, Mc- no. Zach Zach McKinstry got shipped out of town. Yeah, he's already gone, and they gave Nico Horner a forty million dollar deal. Oh yeah, he's really good. I would love him on the Dodgers. Patrick yeah. Wisdom. 
Yeah, I just and, Michael Fulmer is their closer, I guess. Talk about an injury prone rotation, also. Jamison What is Tyron. your what is uh what is what are your division winners for the for the National League, David? All right. So I got Padres in the West, Braves in the East, Cardinals in the Central, Wild Card. I got Dodgers in the one spot. I do have the Mets making the playoffs, and then I have the Phillies as well. I pretty much have the same thing except for one change. Um, Dodgers West, I uh, got the Cardinals in the central. I'm picking the Phillies to win the East. Um, I like what they did last season and the fire that they brought. They added to their team. They're looking a lot better. And I just think that momentum-wise, uh, it's going to carry them to win the division. It's going to be it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. Um, I think the Braves will be right there. Um, I, I but I think that the Braves will obviously make the playoffs along with the Padres and the Mets. You guys picked the same exact teams from last year. All six. Really? Wow. Yeah, those All were right. the six. I think I did actually. Let's double down, baby. I think I had the Brewers in there somewhere. Oh, I'm not Kevin. I'm not saying that. I'm saying those were the six that made the playoffs last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, no, gotcha. No one's missing it. I think the Braves are the best team in the National League. Just throwing that out there. I think there. the Braves are the best team in baseball. Okay, wow. American League. I'm taking Houston, unfortunately, to win the AL West. I'm picking Tampa Bay Rays to win the AL East. I'm going with the Minnesota Twins to win the AL Central. My wild oh, cards. God. My wild cards will feature the Seattle Mariners, the New York Yankees, and... I'm torn between the Blue Jays and the Rangers. If the Rangers stay healthy, they're better than the Blue Jays, but I feel like they're not going to stay healthy, so I have to pick the Blue Jays by default. Um, I'm going with the Astros in the West. I'm picking the White Sox to win the Central. I'm picking the Yankees to win the East. Uh, Wild card, I've got Mariners and Blue Jays. And then kind of like, I mean, I, I'm inclined to go with the Rays being number three, but I feel like the Angels and the Rangers are going to be kind of on the fringe right there. Kevin, you picked the Yankees to win the East too? Tampa. No, he didn't. Tampa? But you had the Yankees as a wild card? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the West, I'm taking Seattle. I believe. I'm taking Seattle. I think Houston is going to regress a bit. Uh, in the East, I'm taking Toronto. And in the central, I'm taking the Guardians. My wild card teams are Houston, the Yankees. And I think this is the year I'm taking the Angels. I like what they did a lot in the offseason. I think they finally get over the hump and they get Otani and Trout a playoff at bat, at least one. So now let me let me ask you this. Do you think that that will matter in terms of? whether Otani stays or goes, whether yeah, they make the playoffs and it, it sounds, seems like Absolutely. they're, yeah. I mean, I think right now he's as good as gone if they suck. Yeah. Well, here's my, what if they make like a run and they come up my, short? I'll just, I, I think it definitely plays a factor in it, but uh, you know, if, if he, if they aren't even in it, he's, he's gone. Well then get yeah. ready for the boldest take of the entire show. Shohei Otani will be traded at the MLB trade deadline. I don't think that will break break the internet. If Juan Soto got traded, Otani is absolutely getting traded. Now that Artie is sticking around, there isn't that hesitation like who's going to be the owner. This guy is a dumbass, but he cannot be this stupid 
to put himself in a situation where Otani walks and they get absolutely nothing. If I don't think this Angels team is that impressive at all. I think earlier in the show you mentioned how their rotation is potentially top five worthy. I think their rotation might be outside of Otani bottom five worthy. I don't think they have anything. I mean, they have something. They don't have nothing. I mean, Patrick Sandoval is actually a lot better than people give him credit for. And they got Mm -hmm. Tyler Anderson. One of them is about to turn into a pumpkin. (laughs) I I think Detmers is good. I like Detmers also. Mid. Yeah. Detmers can be good. All right. We're doing a World Series matchup now? Um. If you want, I don't, I don't have, I'm not going to predict the world series. I it's too crazy, but if you feel comfortable, go ahead. I do. Do you have one, Jake? I don't, but go ahead. All right. I'm taking the world series as the Atlanta Braves versus the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know who's going <laughs> to win, but I think that's the world series. Why that the Blue so Jays annoying. though? What is so impressive about They've been knocking on the door for a couple years now. I like what they did with Bassett. What do you mean what? I'm not saying of the World Series, but they've been knocking on the door in the playoffs. Almost there. Weren't they a wild card bounce last year? Yeah, I'm saying they've been knocking on the door of of a run for for a while now. Their rotation is elite. Their bullpen is good. Their offense is awesome. They added Whit Merrifield and Dalton Varsho. Kiermaier plays good defense. Kirk is a great catcher and hitter. Uh, Chapman, I think, is due for a solid year. Springer's always good. BGO on the bench, like I, this team is deep, and I think they have it. They have what it takes. I think the Yankees are frauds again. I don't buy Toronto one bit after they I'm, hired. I will, I'm taking a they, future on them in Vegas after they hired Don Mattingly. You can put me as far across in the room as possible. He is about to ruin that franchise. Fuck! I forgot they hired Don Mattingly. But as not the. As as the manager, no, he's their bench coach. Which oh, might as okay. Well, well, then who cares? Which might as well be the manager because their manager is a pawn. Well, it's, they're not. He's not a pawn for Don Mattingly. <laughs> like, he, he 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 might as well be because Don no. Mattingly's got more experience than I, I forget who is it. Gaston is he still their manager? I don't who? think so. No, they they fired um, Montoya, didn't they, in the middle of the yeah, season they or something? That, that like uh, that's what I thought. Beefy, beefy white guy Schneider. I want to say his name is. Did yeah. you say John. Gaston, as in their World Series like, manager in like the like 90s? Cito Gaston? Yeah, what? No, I don't what know. Do you mean, I, no, I I don't. <laughs> that wasn't who I was referring to then. I okay. Yeah, it's Schneider. Who is yeah okay? Yeah, the I, pawn I, I for keep Don my pick. Mattingly. I stand by everything I just said. If Don Mattingly was bad. the manager, I would be second guessing it. Yeah, Montoya was okay. So that's who it was. No, I okay. I had the years way off, but Gaston was their manager in 08 to 2010. So I knew I knew I wasn't crazy. Okay. Well, yeah, they brought him back. Time ago. It was a long time ago. I don't keep up with Toronto Blue Jay sports. Not gonna lie. But this is the most fraudulent team in Major League Baseball. I'm ready to die on that hill. You said know, George Springer is always Mitch White may get a second always. ring. Yeah, Mitch White. They got him. Kikuchi's ass. Well, Ryu's Springer. coming back. You said Springer's always good. More like Springer's always hurt. He's not been pretty good for that contract so far. Oh, Bichette. Dangerous. Yeah. Overrated. All-star closer. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. I like him. I don't like most of their team. Matt Chapman is one of the most overrated players in Major League Baseball. What did he hit, like 212 last year? He's due for a bounce back. All right, okay. C.O. Gaston, what's next? All right, we'll just do awards real quick. NL MVP, I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. I think the Braves will have the best record in the National League, and I think Acuna could be a 40-40 guy, 40 home runs. 40 steals. AL MVP, I'm going. Shohei Otani is like the safe bet, but I don't want to be boring. I'm going Corey Seager. This is the year Seager hits 350. Iconic batting average number right there. Runs away with the MVP. Um, AL MVP, I'm going to go the boring route and say Shohei Otani. Um, for NL MVP... I don't know why I'm going with this, but I I just feel it from him. I just think it's going to be Freddie Freeman. I just feel like he's just going to have an absolute monster year. This is his team, and he's he's going to just be an absolute monster. Sometimes boring is accurate, so I'm also going with Shohei Otani in the AL. I think he had a case last year, even though they gave it to the right guy. But if he does anything remotely close to last year, he's, he's going to win it because Judge isn't going to do that again. And then in the NL, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I'm taking Juan Soto. I think he's going to have an uh, insane bounce back and incredible year in that lineup, hitting in front or behind of Tatis, Machado, and Bogarts. Uh, he's going to hit 100, have 130 RBIs, get on base a ton, and probably hit 35 home runs. So I'm taking Soto. National League Cy Young, I'm giving it to the Diamondbacks opening day starter, Zach Gallen. And Ale Cy Young, I'm going with Shane McClanahan. For uh, NL Cy Young, I'm saying Julio Urias finally wins it. I think that contract year Julio, we're going to see you know an absolute uh, domination out there. He had a he has he's had a case to win it the past couple seasons, and you know he's knocking on the door, as David says. So I you think pick, you pick. Walker I think Bueller he's going last year. Did I? Probably. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't check his medical, so I guess. I guess you know. Uh, I, I had no idea that that was that he was just going to absolutely flame out like that. Um, this is a. <laughs> this is a weird one for AL Cy Young, but I don't know. I just seeing him in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm just going for it. Um, I'm going to say Christian Javier of the Houston Astros. I. Don't know why I think he's going to be the best pitcher in the American League, but it's just another feeling for me. I just feel like he's got nasty stuff, and if if he can stay healthy and he gets consistent starts in that rotation, um, he he's going to take the next step. He's going to he's going to have a breakout season. I think if anyone in the Astros rotation does that, it's it's Framber Valdez. But I like the outside of the box. Uh, Kevin, you took my NL pick as well. I'm going with Zach Gallen. Uh, I think he takes the next step this year. And frankly, I think the NL is loaded with pitching, so he's going to have to really distinguish himself, but I'm going with it. And in the AL, I'm going with Luis Castillo of the Seattle Mariners, who I'm picking to win that division. Uh, That dude, if he stays healthy, is one of the nastiest pitchers in baseball. He showed what he could do for them last year, and I think he builds off that and wins a Cy Young. Yeah, I like that pick. Had him probably in my top three as well. Any other wacky or bold takes you want to throw out there now so that you have it recorded? 
I are we, were we going to do rookie of the year too or no? Yeah, I got rookie of the years. You could do that. I yeah, I already said Corbin Carroll, American League. I don't care. Go ahead, David. I have Corbin Carroll in the NL, and I have Gunnar Henderson in the AL. Um, yeah, I think those are those are my those are my picks too. Yeah, I think they're both the favorites, um, but I think they both deliver, frankly. And I have one more most home runs in in each league. I'm going with the Polar Bear in the NL, Pete Alonso, and in the AL, I'm going with the World Series bound captain, Toronto Blue Jay, Vladimir Guerrero. More than Judge. Yes, I think Judge regresses quite a bit this year and probably gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, what do you have, 62 last year? Yeah, I think he's like at 40 at most. Yeah, I could see that with Vladdy for sure. Good stuff. All right. Well, we never read these award winners from the second annual Incline Award winner, so I might as well just go down them real quick. Eric Gagne, reliever of the year, blowout. Evan Phillips took that one home. Dodger, that was lost too soon in memoriam. I think this was very David-influenced. Mitch White won with 62% of the votes. Love that. Best, yeah, the other nominees, second place was Jake Lamb, and he only got 21%. Best blooper, gift-worthy moment. Another landslide, 65% went to David Vasse's Milwaukee slide catastrophe. <laughs> iconic, iconic. You had to go with that. Such a goober. The other, <laughs> holy crap, holy crap. 30% went to Tyler Anderson throwing down a charging Ian Happ at home plate. <laughs> that was so weird. That was so tight. <laughs> Gerardo Parra, ultimate Dodger killer. Let me see if you guys can guess this one. The nominees were Randall Grichik, Eric Lauer, Manny Machado, Robert Suarez, and Christian Walker. It's Walker. It's got to be Walker. Walker. It was Manny Machado with 53% of the votes. Walker came in second with 19. I voted for Walker. Machado did torch us last year, though. Yeah, I, I went with Walker. Christian Walker always kills us. Best Randall Grichik. Yeah, he went off. Best individual game. Clayton Kershaw taking a perfect game into the eighth against the Angels on July 15th. Took that one home with 51%. Coming in second was the Justin Turner. Not a threat. Two home run, three RBI performance off Joe Musgrove on June 30th. That was tight. He had mm-hmm. 24%. Dodgers Cy Young. Wipeout with 92% of the votes. Julio Urias took that Damn, crown 92%? Tyler Anderson got hoed by those voters. Tyler <laughs> Anderson came in third. Tony Gonsolin actually finished second with third? 5%. <laughs> the fuck are you guys watching? And to boot, just, just despite David Gonsolin. Yeah, come second. on, man. I mean, Gonsolin <laughs> had a great season. No, he had a great first half, that's for sure. Kershaw got zero votes. Zombie this, this Nation. Disrespectful. Zombie Nation. Home run of the year. This was a close one. The nominees were Mookie Betts. Three run go ahead home run off Harlan Garcia in the eighth. Cody Bellinger. Eighth inning go ahead grand slam against the Giants July 22nd. Max Muncie. Three run home run at the White Sox after Trey Turner was intentionally <laughs> yeah, walked to Tony. get to him. And James Outman, first career at bat home run off Herman, Herman Marquez in Colorado. 
So this one, the two top goers were 48% versus 35%. Who do you think won? I was think, it Outman? I think Muncie won. Outman was last. Yeah, for sure last. Muncie was actually, yeah, Muncie was second. Cody Bellinger's eighth yeah. in Go Ahead Grand Slam took home the crown. RIP Cody Bellinger. I believe that's the one I voted for too. I was there for that. That was awesome. That was pretty awesome. Post most wrong take. I won this time, or I guess I lost by saying Tyler Anderson will be a roller coaster and finish with an ERA <laughs> over four and a half. Oh, ultimately, Jesus. Ultimately, Tyler Anderson was an all star with a 257 ERA. What were ours? What were mine and Jake's? Yeah. Um, as for David, you said Juan Soto won't get traded at the deadline because the Padres and the Padres can't afford him. Well, Juan Soto got traded to the Padres. And Jake <laughs> said, um, he would take a ramped up David Price over Andrew Heaney. Doesn't trust Heaney <laughs> no matter what. With the result, I was I, okay. I was I was kind of right in the sense that I don't trust him. And what I what I well, based that on was the fact that he doesn't hold on, him. hold on. I was I was was correct in tr- not trusting him because he's never available. He's always hurt. But he but, but that he was did not your rationale. Wrong. You said he was bad. It was my rationale it no, was your, my rationale. rationale of course was it he, was your rationale from the start was he's just not good no matter what he does you don't trust yes him. i yes and and up until that point he had been really bad so but i also knew that he wasn't always available so yeah he proved me wrong was, where did we rank in that was was i second or david second david was second uh 20 percent, but i had 65 damn right but yeah, the result was Heaney posted a 310 ERA, including three innings of one run ball in the NLDS. And that was an ongoing theme for me. You were hating on Heaney the entire season. I just wanted a record that I never ever said I trust a ramped up David Price. <laughs> I know. I had to go back for that. I was like, whoa. But it's okay. I, I took home that that award. So Jake won the first year. I won the second year. So going to be my goal to not be the, the we'll never know leader. about david price they never ramped his ass up well they certainly tried i feel like <laughs> this was the closest one with the host's most right take david said giants will suck and not make the playoffs damn jake, right jake after bill Plashke, uh, bill Plashke claimed urias was washed this was after one bad start stated julio has earned the benefit of the doubt urias went on to finish third in sayang voting and i claimed Kevin claimed the Craig Kimbrell trade won't work out and he won't make the playoff roster. Jake ended up winning by one vote. What? That's preposterous. I would have for sure thought you would have won that one. Oh, me? Yeah. I, I think people just don't, people don't want to support me or see me happy. I think that's what I <laughs> <laughs> But I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Because they voted you. That was, I would have, I, I would have put money that Jake would have finished third on that one. I, I always people, do, but I, I, you know, I, I people love Urias. Yeah. That wasn't a, everybody was saying that. That wasn't like a Jake thing. I know, but sometimes I feel what like. What do you mean? Do you think me and Kevin weren't like we're with Bill Plaschke and saying throw Julio Urias in the trash after one? No, start? no, I know. I'm exactly. I'm pretty so sure. I'm a, pretty. This is not a terminally unique take to have. It wasn't that wasn't that wasn't the question. It wasn't who has the most unique take. It was Whatever. who the most right take. Whatever. At least I wasn't. I wasn't. Just let, let me win one. I've been taking so many L's lately. Just Fine. let me win this one. 
you won that one, Jake. So congrats. Thanks. Although I'm, I am offended because I feel like my take was the most unique at its time because everyone was telling me, Oh, Craig Kimbrell's a hall of famer. He'll be fine. Like, mine was mine was relatively unique. Both of you picked the Giants to make the playoffs. I did. Andre, eat your regular season clutch moment. Another close one. So the final three in this one were Hanser Alberto's two out go ahead single in the ninth to complete the six zero deficit comeback win against the Cardinals. Oh yeah. Gavin Lux two run walk off double versus the Phillies to win five four in May. And Trace Thompson two out. Ninth inning single off Kenley Jansen to tie the game at the Braves on June 26. Anyone think they know the winner? I, I, I think, think it's Gavin Lux. I think it should be, but I think the Trace Thompson one will win. It was the Trace Thompson one, yeah. as it should have been, with 40.5% of the votes. Well, the, that Lux walk-off completely got them out of their slump, if we remember. And that was, I believe, Joe Davis's first on their uh, on their last breath. I think that was that call because it was I, like he was he was zero two, and he just laced a double down the right field line. That was that was really just insanely electric. That changed the tie of that year. So whatever, voters. The tie of that year, yeah. First Stop round exit. Count. First round exit. No, I I gotta go with the Thompson one. That was very icy. I mean, two outs in the ninth against Kenley Jansen and what we thought was probably the potential. NLCS, so we thought all these games were going to matter head to head. That was that was very clutch. People just voted because it was off Kenley. Could have been mm-hmm. Dennis Santana Memorial Gargantuan Nutsack Award winner. Yes. This was pretty close between Evan Phillips and Alex Vesia, and Alex Vesia barely won back to back champion. I mean, he definitely has the attitude, so I I I, I can see why. All right, most Dave moment, most Dave as in Roberts. This one came down to two. On Dan Patrick, he guaranteed the Dodgers to win the World Series. <laughs> it's it's got to be that. Just stop. It's got to be. They won one playoff game. The other one being the seventh inning of the NLDS, game four against the Padres, one with Almonte instead of Phillips after Kaylee got in trouble, then rushed in a cold Alex Vesia. Dodgers turned a 3-0 lead into a 5-3 deficit and got eliminated after the game said it was scripted for Evan Phillips to close. And it was actually that, that won with 53% of the votes. I think that that, that should have won just because if you, if you look, if you look at the prompt, the most Dave moment, that is quintessential Dave Roberts to make an absolute just debacle of a, of a move in a crucial playoff game. That's, that's his bread and butter. Yeah, I, for think sure. it was I voted. I voted for the Dan Patrick one, but I can see. Yeah, it was. Wait a second, you didn't. Wait, hold on. You, We've you been didn't over think this. It was a... I don't think it was a bad move. What he did, I don't. We've had which, this debate, which... all of it. Yeah, the only thing he did I... wrong was not have a, have him ready. I'm which is everything. I'm leaving that in the past because I already stated my yeah. We've takes yeah. a number of times. Idiot of the year, 57 or 56% of the vote going to Ben Verlander with yes. the claim that Babe Ruth killed his wife in a fire <laughs> and slash fake quotes on Twitter. How much we can love them. So good. This, uh, one, this one I added. The backtrack is the funniest one. <laughs> Alleged. the, the res- as Allegedly. far as I know. 
this is a <laughs> this is a new one. Tom Brenneman rant of the year. David won with forty three percent of the vote, saying that it's time to send David Price to China. <laughs> what were the nominees for this? Jake, which I thought should have won with your irrational fill of fear of urinals and me <laughs> about movie theaters going downhill. But I have nice. a feeling that most people didn't listen to all these and they probably just went with the familiar David Price. China. And finally, China. the NL MVP, Freddie Freeman, taking home the crown with 70% of the votes. Mookie Betts second with 24. Yep. All right, I got some bold takes. Anybody else have bold takes? Uh, fire them off. Go, you go first. All right, so I'm just going to kind of just hip fire these. So I think Lucas Giolito and Corbin Burns are traded at the deadline to Toronto and St. Louis. I also think that this is bear with me here. I think the Dodgers trade. I'm just throwing a fucking dart with this one. I think the Dodgers <laughs> trade for Javier Assad. Okay. He's okay. a reliever on the Cubs. He was in the world baseball classic. Yeah, he was on team. I think. Yep. I think that's their guy at the deadline. Also, I think the Padres will blow a three to two lead in the NLCS. And I think Matt Olson finishes top three in the NL MVP. And finally, Dodgers related, Jake Pilarski. You may have seen him pitch a couple times in spring training. I think he has a role in this major league team by the end of the season. He's throwing 101 miles an hour. I think there's going to be a couple injuries in the bullpen. Yes, we've just acquired Javier Assad, but I think Kevin, uh, J- sorry, Jake Pilarski is going to be on this Dodgers team at some point. In the system already, if you haven't seen he, him, check him out. So you have the Dodgers being bounced in the NLDS again. Yes. So Dave, this is Dave Roberts' last season as the Dodgers manager. Let's go. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be. Like, if it, if they keep him after another first-round exit, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to be the Dodgers' fate of being a first-round exit, but if that does happen, no way in hell can he come back, or I might consider switching teams. Oh, come on. You're not switching teams. I'm going wherever yeah, Otani goes. Yeah, you're not switching teams. I will go where Otani goes. That would be no, my pledge. Give so me a goes wow. So I hope he goes to the Dodgers. What if he stays with the Angels? We got some bold takes over there, yeah, anybody? Anything else, Jake? Uh, No, I don't have anything else, but I was looking up to see if that guy that David was talking about pitched in tonight's game because I feel like he got absolutely he got, shelled. He got rocked. He did. His velocity was way down, so it seems like a mechanical yeah. issue that can also, be hammered what's, out. What's the highest level he pitched at? Don't care. Pilar. Polarski, uh, one inning tonight, four hits, four runs. Yeah, he got rocked, but yeah, it. his velocity, his velocity did seem really low. This guy was an independent ball last year. He hasn't even you heard me. Above single A. You heard me. He's twenty four. He's twenty four. I profile him as a reliever. He's throwing one hundred one miles an hour. There's going to be injuries. Give him a shot. <laughs> This is Bobby Miller all over again from last year. This is way so, more David. Uh, just, just, I'm, Kevin kind of mentioned it. So you, you really don't think very highly of this Dodgers team this year because it's you not, have them getting. It's not that I don't think highly of them. I just think super highly of the Padres and the Braves. That's fair. I'm just calling it like I see it right now. 
I think the Dodgers are going to make a flurry of trades. One of them being that if Otani, which I think gets traded, is going to be to the Dodgers. And it might cost us Bobby Miller and or Diego Cartaya. But I think that there's been no player in Andrew Friedman's tenure that he's wanted more than Shohei Otani. So as long as there's no bullshit, like we won't trade this to the crosstown freeway rival, then he's going to be ours in the second half. So if the Dodgers trade for him, does that mean that they're going to, you know, try and sign him to an extension right oh, away yeah. or? Yes. Yeah, easily. Yeah. He got to. Yes. Yep. I think that's what they want. I think they would love to trade for him, get him in sooner rather than later and not have to worry about competing in the open market where teams can outbid you. AKA like the Mets, Seattle, Angels, Padre, Padres, Padres. I swear to God, if he goes to the Padres. Yeah, what if he goes to the Padres, Kevin? You going to become a Padres fan? Yeah, at the right? deadline. No, any at any no. point. Oh, next season. Yeah, you're saying you're following Otani. He's not. He's just. He's just talking. He he ain't serious. I can't see that happening as long as Juan Soto's there. Like, how how can they afford all those contracts? There's just no way. And after they extended Machado, it's impossible. I I will die. And Darvish this. and Musgrove yeah. and Bogarts. Yeah, exactly. I think the Dodgers, that'll be one of their trades. I could also see them acquiring an outfield outfielder. I don't think what we have right now is enough. So, And they'll probably get a bullpen piece as well. I don't know about Assad. Javier Assad. You heard it here first. What team is he on? Your, your Chicago Cubs, the Battle of Midway. Okay. Uh, the, nah, the Cubs, yeah, Cubs are a playoff team. They're going to be buying. No, they're not. I will stake my entire reputation that the Cubs will not make the playoffs this year. We're running out of time here, so let's just boil down to it. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast, your 2023 Dodgers season preview and prediction show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter. Gentlemen, throw anything out there while you still can. We got like a minute left. Give me a, give me one bold take, Jake. Just throw something out there. See if it sticks. 40 and 10. Um, Yeah, not that. What? No, what? Miguel Vargas, rookie of the year, even though I already said Corbin Carroll, but okay. Miguel Vargas, rookie of the year. All right. All right. So you're picking Vargas for rookie of the year, Freeman for MVP, and Julio Arias for Cy Young. Give me the trifecta, baby. Okay. That's gold. Right. Homer. Yeah. Homer Simpson over there. Thank you guys right. for listening. Um, let's sign out. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. Go Dodgers. Enjoy the season. We'll be back soon. Woo. Uh, what, what is their new saying? Go, go let the kids play. I don't know. I don't think that's what it is anymore. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> it's really bad. Whatever the slogan is. Let them play. Yeah. yeah you were posting, you put posting it on every picture you've tweeted. Uh, I, Kevin. I, 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 let I, them play. Who's stopping them from playing? Yeah. What are we doing? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.